Now, uh, this one question, is everyone here familiar with tongues? And I know you are, you are, you are? You speaking tongues too? Okay, so I'm free. All right. You know, I, I've decided this. I've decided this. You know, the Bible says that we are to do all things on edifying, and therefore if there's someone uh, among you that is unlearned, yeah. then you've got to be operating a little bit different. Amen. And sometimes you may, not, you may have to not even operate in certain things. Right? Yeah. But I just, I, I thought, yeah, well, well, how do we, I mean, if there's someone among you that is unlearned, well, let's get them learned. <laughs> yeah. And they'll be free. <laughs> so either the two, we either, we either kind of operate in some wisdom, yeah. either that or we get them learned. <laughs> All right? Does that make sense? All right. So that will be scripturally okay. <laughs> All right. Well, praise the Lord. All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And um, here's what I want to I address tonight. I want to specifically address how we can develop in flowing in tongues, operating in tongues, that heavenly language that God has given unto you, how do we can operate in tongues to such a place and in such a manner that the tongues will become your default setting, all right? Um, and right up front, I'll say this. It's not going to happen just because you decide you want to. You want it. You decide this sounds good. It can only happen because of the actions that you take continually for a period of time. Amen? And in fact, I'll tell you this. Right? You can take some actions for a period of time and you can get into that place where it becomes a default setting. And then if you stop taking action, you'll fall right back out of it in a way. And you'll go back to your original default setting. <laughs> All right, anyway, whatever that was. All right, so let's, let's start here. Turn with me to um, Psalm 16. Now, I do have to be as methodical as possible so as to be able to cover the area that, that needs to be covered and um, with clarity at the same time. Okay, there's a number of things in the Word. Um, in fact, in that book that I wrote, the Overcomer's Handbook, there's a, there's a whole um, chapter, there's a whole section in there that, that, I, that, call, that is called Always. And there's a number of things in Scripture that says you ought to always do. Always rejoice. Right? Pray without ceasing. Okay? I think you ought to always resist the devil. <laughs> you know, and certain things. And I, um, so, it, it, when you think about those always Scriptures, right? Let me, just, let, me, let me put it this way. If sound tongues is going to be your default setting, the things you just find yourself doing when you don't know what to do, when, when, you, when you just... Wander off, you wander off and you get lost. Where are you? Here you are in praying in tongues. You know what I mean? When you're just, you don't even know what you're doing, you find yourself praying in tongues. For that to be the case, for tongues to become your always, if that is so, then tongues must also be connected to all these always scriptures. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, okay. So, Psalm 16 and verse 7. Mm. I will bless the Lord who had given me counsel. Okay, let, let me say this again. Sorry, I don't want to keep doing this and making qualifiers, but I know what I need to do, all right? And um, so I'm going to, perhaps, I might probably just make a bunch of starting statements, might not necessarily back them up because of time, um, but you take whatever you need to take out of this. 
I will bless the Lord who had given me counsel. The Holy Spirit is the number one counselor. In fact, if we learn to, 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 to flow with him properly and allow him to, to, to effectively perform his ministry in our lives, probably 80% of the counseling that is done in the body of Christ would be unnecessary. Amen? I will bless the Lord who had given me counsel. My reins, that is my heart, instructs me in the night season so that even when I'm sleeping, instructions could come. Understanding can come. Light can come. Knowing what to do will come. But no, I, I'm, I'm telling you, in order, that, that is real. But to, to, for that to happen in your life, well, you got to believe it. In fact, let me say this right now. Pretty well about anything that needs to get done in your life, any area problems need to be solved or whatever the case might be, based on the authority of the blood, which is what Jesus has accomplished in his sacrifice, you can get that thing done by two, by two main things. Number one, believing, believing right. Whether believing right about yourself, believing right about others, believing right about the situation, about first by believing, and secondly, by the power of the Holy Ghost. If you can put those two things together, you can get manifestation and victory on any subject, anything whatsoever. All right? Okay. Uh, if you want two steps, there's your two steps right there. <laughs> All right? Okay? Okay. Um, so, but, but forget, in order to, you must believe this scripture that yes, you can get these instructions. But what happens is, is when you are built up and you're praying in tongues and stuff and you, 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 you're, you're, you have that type of relationship and you're praying in tongues a lot, then what happens is sometimes the interpretation of that is what you might get in the night that might come as instructions. Then, you are, then it puts you in a place where it's easier to hear, to recognize, and to get those instructions. Now, instructions are exceedingly valuable, especially from the Holy Ghost. Here is why. When you get an instruction from the Holy Spirit, and especially Proverbs 6, 23 says, the reproof of instructions. When you can get a reproof that is in the instruction, it is the way of life, meaning it will cause you to go in a pathway that will produce the life of God manifesting. When you recognize that, man, you ought to be so hungry and zealous for the correction of the Lord. Can you see that? Because Proverbs 6.23, the, the, the reproofs of instructions are the way of life. If you, when you get an instruction from the Holy Spirit concerning a, a particular matter, you're, pretty, you're guaranteed results if you follow those instructions correctly, accurately. The problem comes is that, when it, it, is that we get instructions and the instructions get polluted. It gets contaminated between us, between people, whatever cases, and as a result, what comes out on the, the other side is not always that accurate. And that is why we miss it. You follow me? All right. Anyway, continuing. I have set the Lord always before me. That's why he's in this place to get his instructions in the middle of the night. Why? What has he done? He has set the Lord always. How many times? Always. He has set the Lord always. I've set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Well, if you set the Lord always before you, continually, you're living in a in a place of the conscious awareness of the presence of God. Did you hear that? You're living in a place of the conscious awareness of the presence of God. 
which is one of the things that tongues is supposed to produce in your life. Tongues is supposed to give you a conscious awareness that God is not out there somewhere, but he's right here living on the inside of me. And because of that consciousness, I've said a lot always before me, and he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. The Bible says Elijah was a man just like us. And he said that it wasn't going to rain and it didn't rain. And his effectual fervent prayer availed much. It was the effectual fervent prayer of what? A righteous man. Right? Yes, he's with like passions as us, but it was the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. A man that was living and functioning as if he and God are one. That's the essence of righteousness. You see what I'm saying? Where I'm functioning as if me and God are one. I show up, God shows up. Right? You see, don't forget, the whole thing is, you see, that is why the devil wants to separate you, had God said. He wants to create that separation. That's what sin is. Right? Adam fell, Adam sinned, and what happened with the sin? He went hiding from God. Right? He being a, became conscious of, of, of the natural, his nakedness and all of that kind of stuff. And he got into carnality. Now, and he did that because he eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What happens, that being the case, Jesus came to fix that. Right? So that the worshippers, once purged, would have no more consciousness of sins. So that by the blood of Jesus and what Jesus has done, we are supposed to come before the Father without any consciousness of separation. Which would mean then, we are to be in that place um, not living from the effect of the knowledge of the tree of, of good and evil, but we ought to be living in a place wherein, and I'm, and I'm going, wherein we, we like, we like we've eaten from the tree of life. A wholesome tongue, Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue, a tongue that speaks right, a tongue that speaks truth. Well, if a tongue is going to speak truth and a tongue is going to speak right, the word is truth. You, the only way you can speak the word and speak the word only and speak the word all the time is if you're speaking in tongues. Can you see that? So when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your tongue, it becomes wholesome. And it becomes hooked up to that tree of life. It begins to speak, um, it, it doesn't speak death, it speaks life, etc., etc. Okay. Anyway. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, let's, keep up. Let, let's move on. Turn with me to 1 Peter, no, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, as I the yeah, first Thessalonians chapter five, as I say this, let okay, first Thessalonians chapter five. I'm sorry. All right, I am heading to the part that says rejoice. I'm heading to verse 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and so on. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Quench not the spirit. Right. Despise not prophesying. Right. But if we were to back up to like verse 8, I just want you to catch this. But let us who are of the day be sober. Put on the breastplate of faith. Say faith. Say faith. Love. Say love. love. 
And for helmet, the hope of salvation. Say hope. Okay. And then, and then this passage goes on and it begins to talk about, um, you know, encourage one another, comfort one another, verse 11, and edify one another, even as you do also, even as you edify yourself. <laughs> and, um, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish them and, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but everyone follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. So what it was saying before, it, it, before this rejoice evermore is the issue of faith, hope, and love. Now, I want us to understand this because as we, as we talk about tongues becoming this... Um, Default setting, we need to understand this about tongues. Like last week, we shared about 30 some, you know, 30 something reasons for tongues and, and, and all of that, and some other things about tongues. But you need to understand this tongues does not negate faith, hope, and love, it, don't, it, it doesn't cancel that out. Amen. The Bible says you're tied, but you don't forget faith. Righteousness, mercy, and all these things you need to you need to tie, but you need to tie it in love, you need to tie it in faith, you need to tie it because it's right, you need to tie it in mercy, etc. It's the same thing. Tongues without faith, it is what? Without faith is what? Impossible to please God. But if without faith it is impossible to please God, then you think tongues by itself, tongues if it doesn't have faith will please God. Think about it. Without faith, you cannot. Please God. Therefore, if you're operating in tongues and you and, and there is no faith, and when I say there is no faith, I mean in, in the sense of this confidence um, in the finished work of Christ, this confidence in God's integrity and stuff like that. If you are operating in tongues and it's just a whole pile of unbelief, it's not going to please God. And faith works by love. Okay, the Bible says even in the issue of tongues, let all things be done unto edify, which means preferring one another. Isn't that right? Right? And the issue of hope. All right. I just want you to, to, to keep that in the back of your mind. And it says rejoice evermore. Does tongue, is tongues connected up to rejoicing evermore? In, in everything give thanks? This is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Pray without ceasing. How can you pray without ceasing? How can you live in that place if prayer is, is not just talking, which it is, but prayer is also that fellowship, that communion, that oneness, that, that, that being in that crucible with God, living there, living in this constant connection, remaining connected all the time. So it says you need to do that all the time. Pray without ceasing. How do you do that? Tongues is an answer. How do you rejoice evermore? How do you give thanks? The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you give thanks well. Does it not? Amen? And when you give in, when you're praying in tongues, and God is the focus, and fellowshipping with Him is the focus, and magnifying Him and singing and singing in, 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 in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, when that is the focus, joy comes with it. Amen? That is why there's a refreshing and all that stuff connected up. So what I'm saying is that even the answers to this scripture, these scriptures here that I'm talking about always are connected to tongues. 
All right? Now let's think about another one. Think about Luke chapter 18, verse 1, which says, Men ought what? Always to pray and to not faint. Well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> Tongues. Amen? And not faint, by the way. Oh, 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 you know something? I left out back in Thessalonians. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Tongues has everything to do with the will of God. The Bible says, He that searches the heart knows what is the man of the spirit, and he make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those things that he's making intercession about are going to work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And he works towards the end of confirming them to the very image of Christ. Isn't that right? Are you with me? So there again, going back to Thessalonians, that has to do with tongues. So here Jesus says now in Luke 18 verse 1, men ought always to pray and to not faint. Well, what was well, always to pray. Well, we can see that in the relationship to tongues. But what about this faint stuff? Well, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. But there's a time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. With stammering lips will I speak to these people. This is the rest whereby I will cause the weary to rest. There is a strengthening that comes that out of praying in tongues. Amen? And then if you say that same passage in, in um, Luke chapter 18, Jesus is going to talk about it, the unjust judge and, and so on. And then it will end up in verse 8, Luke 18 verse 8, and it says, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? Will I find people having confidence in my shed blood and in my sacrifice? Will I find faith in the blood? Will I, will I find people having confidence in his integrity? And so we see faith again connected up. Can you see that? And um, again, in um, Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, see that one. Let's look at that one. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, verse 17 and 18. Now you know the story. You put on the whole arm of God. And then it says in verse 17... And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. The sword that the spirit uses. Now, which is the word of God praying always? With all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. And that's a mouthful. <laughs> right? Take the helmet of salvation. Thessalonians told us that the helmet of salvation is the helmet of hope. In 1 Thessalonians 5 8. Alright? It is the helmet of hope. And that's that. Okay? And take the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit. Now, if you think about it as the sword of the Holy Ghost, what sword would he use? It's the Word of God praying always. The Word of God praying always. If it is your spirit, your spirit can only, would only speak the word anyway. Amen? So either way you look at it, it's the word of God. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always. The word of God praying always. Well, when you are praying in tongues, where is the other ones coming from? The Holy Ghost. You are forming the word, but the words are actually 
words that are coming that he's giving to you, that you're speaking in this language. So if the word is coming from the Holy Ghost, who is God, then what's coming out has got to be the word of God. Because it's the word from God. Amen? So it is the word of God praying always. No wonder when you're praying in tongues, right? He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, according to God. And quite frankly, if you go into the original, it, the will is not is in italics. It says according to God. And God is the word. Amen? Again, how can you do that? How can you pray to take the soul of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always? Praying in tongues is the word of God praying always. Watching the own to it all, pray in the spirit. Well, it's certainly in the spirit. Amen? Watching their own to Lord perseverance for all saints. Can you pray for all saints in your natural understanding? You don't know about situations that saints are going through in some other part of the world or just another part of the city, another part of the church. You don't know what they're going through. You can't pray for them properly. Right? But in tongues you can. For all saints, any saint, anywhere. All right. Again, here is stuff, and uh, stuff is all connected up to, to the issue of praying in tongues. Now, um, so in all of that, we always see that tongues is the answer. And if tongues is the answer, and tongues is what causes us to operate in all these various always, then it should mean that tongues ought to be your, your default, ought to be the thing that you're doing more than anything else. You know, I was trying to understand from the younger generation what does this default stuff mean? And I'm sure um, Matilda could probably elaborate on that. <laughs> right? And if not, just get some of these, these young folks. They didn't know that stuff. But I understand that, you know, like if they make a computer, the manufacturer puts certain settings inside that are not to be erased. And if things go wrong and there's a virus or whatever, you could just reset, reset everything to the factory setting. Right? You can just go back to that. So, um, and it's a constant. It will be there. So this, this, so this default setting, tongues is to be that thing. Is that constant? Is that stuff that the manufacturer says, this is how you do it. This program here works. You know, if you've got to reset, you've got to unplug it and plug it back in. Whatever the case is, this is it. Now, let me give you some examples. Some examples of what it looks like. What tongues look like when, you're when it's functioning as this, when it gets to the place of being your default setting. Amen? I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of stuff. Now, I'm going to just give you a picture of, of this, some places where tongues fit in as their default setting. But even though I'm going to go through these, these are also some little keys as to what you need to do in order to come to that place where, where, where tongues just happen. You follow me? Let me give you a couple of examples. Yeah, exactly. That's a good default setting. <laughs> you don't want to give up on that one. Breathing. Breathing. I mean, you want to do that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to pray, when you don't know how, when you don't know one way or the other, tongues is for that very same reasons. And you know scriptures for that. Okay? I don't have to give you Romans 8, 26, 27, and so on. 
And also to, and even, and, and, and okay, let me prove that to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, where it was talking about the fact that I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. And then it goes on to say, um, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. The spirit searches the deep things of God, the things, the divine counsels of God, things that are hidden and beyond man's um, scrutiny. The Holy Ghost knows them and he searches those things out. Because what, 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 what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him? Even so, no man knows the things of God, the deep things of God, the things that are beyond man's scrutiny, but the spirit of God. And it says, but we have received, not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit of God. What for? So that we can operate in those councils, those divine councils, those hidden, those things that are hidden beyond man's scrutiny. We've been given a spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, but not in words which man's wisdom teaches. Right now I'm speaking in the words that man's wisdom teaches, English. Are you with me? But, but not in the words which man's wisdom teaches that comes from his head, but rather which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. What is the point? The point is... Praying in tongues is for that. It is that's part of what it's for. To touch things that you don't know. Right? Stuff that you don't know. So if you're in a place where you don't know what's going on, you don't know, you should stop praying in tongues. Now in Luke chapter um, 19, not Luke, sorry, in Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter in Jude. <laughs> So in Jude, verse 19, it says, but these, when it was talking about the people that are mockers and so on, but these be they who separate themselves, they're sensual and they have not the spirit. They're sensual and they have not the spirit. But you, beloved, that, that, that you know what that but means? You know, you know what but means, right? What does but mean? What? Ignore the part before. Whatever said before, just just cancel that out. All right? You know, I like you, but <laughs> what's that? <laughs> so they, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But you, you're not like that. You're not sensual. You're not. Have not having the spirit, you have the spirit. Amen. You, but you, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Again, we talk about praying in tongues, and we see the word holy right there. Keep yourself in the love of God. Looking, we see love, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's hope. Now, just to gather a couple of things from there. There are times when you feel impatient. Do you ever feel impatient? Impatient or agitated? 
What should you do? Pray in tongues. I'm talking about things that can get you to the place where tongues just become so, so automatic. That you're praying in it even without thinking about it. Right? You feel impatient, you feel agitated, pray in tongues. Negative emotions rise up. Right? Pray in tongues. Right? Keep yourself in the love of God. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourself in the love of God rather than giving in to that anger. Rather than giving in to that impatience. Rather than telling somebody off. Rather than, you know, they say, bite your tongue. Well, no, instead of biting your tongue, pray in tongues. <laughs> right? right? There are times where stuff is happening. And, you, and, and I mean, I don't know, maybe there's chaos around you. I don't know. And you feel agitated, you know, and you need to calm down. Imagine you were at an accident scene. Or you need to calm down. Right? I know you can take a deep breath, but pray in tongues. I'm just giving you ex You see, here is the thing. There's a verse of script in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14 that was talking about developing in righteousness and becoming skillful. And it uses the phrase, um, by reason of use, they've exercised their conscience to blah, 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 blah. By reason of use, they've exercised. Anytime when you use it, every time you have a reason, that's good exercise. And you're going to have a lot of reason constantly. You follow me? If you decide to speak in tongues every time there's a reason, you will quickly develop to the place where tongues become um, your default setting. So you need to calm down for your tongues. You're looking for something that you're looking for, you're looking for the right words to say. Sometimes in a conversation or somewhere you're preaching and you don't know what, what do I say there? Yes, let's, let me continue from there. Many times I do that not because. Because it's a way of trying to pull something up. Right? And sometimes it's a way so as not to say something you shouldn't say. Amen? And sometimes when you're just searching for something, where did I put my keys? Look, there's nothing here that shall marry. I call my keys found. And I go look at kosher leather. Oh, here they are. Right? But the point is, praying tongues. Every time you have a reason, every time you have an excuse, you're driving. That's one of the best times to pray in tongues. You could be loud, nobody's next to you. Because you gotta, in all of these things, you got to have discretion. And by that I mean um, where, where you decide when it's appropriate to be loud and when not to be loud. Because you've got to be able to learn to pray in tongues under your breath. You really, you, you've got to be able to know to do that for many reasons. But anyway, when you're driving, you could be loud. When you're jogging, when you're walking, when you're riding, when you're exercising, when you're shopping, when you're cooking, when you're, when you're in the garden, when you're, you're praying tongues. You're in the laundry room, you're just sitting there waiting for something, praying tongues. When you're tempted to complain, <laughs> tempted to gripe, gossip, praying tongues. Can you imagine if, 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 uh, if in the church world, people stop gossiping, stop complaining, and it's just the praying tongues. Oh man, we'll be healed so quickly. <laughs> you hear my point? Right? Now let me throw this in here very quickly. To get to this place where it comes to the, the default setting, habits are formed by doing the same thing over and over and over again. But habits will also form quicker and more firmly when you 
practice whatever it is you need to practice in the moment when it's needed. For instance, <laughs> I, okay, I, my, my practicing praying in tongues, praying in tongues a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, or, or whatever it is I, I want to develop, right? I mean, for instance, let's say I used to drive too fast, right? And I, you know, and I had a problem with that for years. But you know how I broke that thing? Is your name past your dad? How I broke that driving fast? I, is that I, I had to start saying, I, I don't drive fast. <laughs> you know, that's not me. I don't drive that way anymore. And I had to change something on the inside by repeating it. Now, actually that's not a bad example. So what I'm saying is, you develop a habit, right, by doing a certain thing over and over and over again. All right. But I'm also saying, if the habit you need to develop, you do it in the moment when it's needed, it will be developed even stronger. By that, in other words, then, I should be saying, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I don't drive fast, I don't drive fast. And especially if I find myself Speeding, right then, I don't drive fast. And right then, I should slow down. Okay, you decide, you know what, Lord, help me. Help me, Spirit of God. You know, this griping, complaining. I don't know. I, I mean, as so, soon as this happens and I get these triggers, I just go into this whining and I know it's not right. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me to overcome it. So, and you pray and all of that. That's nice. But then when the next opportunity comes for you to gripe and complain, and the Holy Spirit brings all things to your remembrance. Whatever he has said to him and whatever you've said to him. And now in the moment he reminds you. Right? Don't get into that complaining. Don't get into that whining. Don't get into that backbiting. Don't go there. Right there and then you decide, no, I'm not going to complain. Right there you decide, I'm going to bless rather than curse. Right there you decide, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to thank the Lord in it or whatever the case is. Right there is when you take the action. You take the action in the moment. And when you do that, you will develop change eventually. And it will be even quicker and, and stronger. Are you with me? Amen. Now don't forget, you're zealous for correction because the reproofs of instructions are the way of life. Remember that, right? All right. Moving right along. All right, so... Meditating in the Word. Now, that is really very, very practical. You're studying the Word, right? You're studying whatever it is you're studying. And that's why you got to also learn to pray in tongues under your breath. And while you are studying, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I just happened to come across this, by the way. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> so, so what do I do? I look at this verse, and I'm reading it. And I'm reading it, but I have to read it. I can't read it aloud and speak in tongues. It doesn't work that way. Because, uh, let me see, how, how do I explain this? Your tongue can only speak. This tongue is either hooked up, you have one tongue. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> What? That's a deep one thought, is that deep? <laughs> so your tongue is either hooked up to your natural mind or it's hooked up to your spirit. 
So if you're talking and you speak in English, right, you don't really think tongues, you speak tongues, right? You mutter tongues. You can say tongues under your breath, but tongues is a speaking thing. It's not you think tongues. You don't sit there and you don't think tongues. <laughs> right? you, you could think English, yeah. but you can't think tongues, okay? <laughs> All right? <laughs> so if I'm reading a passage and I want to meditate in it and I want to take tongues to help me, because don't forget, I, if I can pray in tongues while I'm meditating, I got the Holy Ghost. He's a teacher. Man, he could open some stuff up. So what do I do? I don't go reading aloud. If I'm reading aloud, then I can't pray in tongues. But I go I'm reading with my eyes and with my mind, and underneath my breath, I'm praying. And you will be amazed how focused you will become. Are you, you, you tried it? How many of you do that? If you don't, develop it. And, 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 and so next thing you know, you, you're reading that verse, and you're staying in that verse, and you're praying in tongues, and the, the Lord begin to show you stuff. Stuff begin to get engrafted in you. So learn to do that. Learn to meditate and pray in tongues at the same time. In fact, you can learn to read in general. I don't care if it's a novel. And while you're reading, right? It works the spiritual stuff better, I guess. While you're reading, pray in tongues. You can do that, okay? Um, going to sleep. Pray in tongues, going to sleep. When you're falling off to sleep, right? rather than going to sleep, eating the bread of sorrow, mourning over something. That's when you open yourself to some bad dreams and restless nights. But go to, tongue, go to sleep praying in tongues. Yeah. Don't go to sleep eating bread of sorrow because he gave his beloved sleep. And if you do that, it's not healthy. It's not healthy on many levels. Go to sleep praying in tongues. You wake up in the middle of the night, pray in tongues. But don't be too, unless God is calling you to prayer, keep it on the lower end because you might become very awake. <laughs> but keep it on the... And go back to sleep. You wake up in the morning, wake up praying in tongues rather than wake up and all the problems that are facing you come jumping at you and then you wake up and, and I mean and you wake up upset. Yeah. You know people like that? They wake up upset. When they wake up in a bad mood. Right? You know it's like, they don't wake up, like, don't talk to them when they just wake up. Wait until they get their coffee or whatever it is. Right? You know why? It's because of the lack of this. Right? Tongues, they live all setting, going to sleep, waking up. Learn to pray in tongues and just, yes, in a little while we're going to talk about praying tongues in a focused manner, right? But learn to pray in tongues and just wander around in your thinking. That works very good. I, I'm preparing a message. Or, or just, it just works very good. It clears your mind. You're just there and you just go, no, shit, 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 blah, blah. and you just let your mind go wherever. Just let it go. And you're just praying in tongues. You quiet yourself, right? And you're praying in tongues, and, and, and then the things the Holy Spirit will bring into your focus. Right? Sometimes there's stuff you have that is all confusing. Where do I start? What, what, and all of a sudden things come, you know, get filed and sorted out. All right? All right? I'm serious. This stuff, this is not, this is stuff you gotta do this stuff. You, this is stuff you do. Okay? All right. Hallelujah. Waking up. If you get startled, what do you do when you get startled? You know what I mean? You're walking and all say, ah, there's a rat. <laughs> oh, Moses, I don't know if that startled you, but what do you do? Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Rather than developing the ah, oh, ah, ah. If, you, if you're driving and it's like, ah, oh, ah. I mean, I mean, 
I mean, you're dragging her and I'm in, you know, it's like, ah, I want to scrap you. Right? 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 So, okay, you're feeling tired, feeling sluggish, brain tums. As I said, you're feeling confused, brain tums. Okay? All right. Now, the importance of times, I'm going to quickly give you this. Now, I can't do this, right? But there are certain reasons for towns, some of which we went through last week. I, I meant to bring some copies today, and I didn't, because I have some, we have some in Hamilton. Nevertheless. When you put, okay, again. Yeah, like, uh, uh, for instance, uh, again, like, uh, um, like you're in a place where you would otherwise, I mean, you feel like I'm just wasting time here with, 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 with these folks. You ever been there? <laughs> Have you ever been there? <laughs> what do you do? You don't want to be rude. All right? Just speak to yourself and God. Just be there. Under, the, under your breath. All right? <laughs> come on. I, come on, everybody. This is part of life. Okay? All right. Um, you're watching a movie. Right? And I'm not against watching movies. But you could feel as if, man, two hours and 30 minutes? <laughs> man, what is this, Ben-Hur? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is Moses. What kind of long movie is this here? <laughs> or sports. Or sports, right? These tennis matches that take five hours. Or basketball. Basketball is finished quickly. Right? You know, or soap opera. Oh. You know, I know these people that get so involved in soap opera. I, this is years ago. And they asked the calling prayer line, can you pray for Luke and Laura? <laughs> 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 right? <laughs> it means you lost every sense of reality. <laughs> You're in trouble. You need prayer. <laughs> right? But you know, you're watching a movie, right? And suddenly you don't feel as if you waste all your time. While you're there watching the movie, you can enjoy the movie, but maybe every now and then you just go to You're not changing your focus on, on understanding the movie, but spend some time praying terms underneath your breath. All right, the importance of tongues. Let me just, I want actually, I kind of indirectly threw this at you. Adam fell, I did earlier, as he ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. His conscience was awakened, his eyes opened to the natural realm. He became aware that he was naked. Fear moved him, um, and, and he hid from God. He became earthly, fleshly, and carnal. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. When the Holy Ghost gets a hold of your tongue, so that you speak and you pray the word of God only, you speak life and not death, and you move into a conscious awareness that God is in you. The great one is in you. You become righteous conscious. You become um, God-inside-minded. You live in the presence of God. And, and you become more heavenly-minded. So tongue can do that. That's, that's one reason why it's so important. Because God wants us to be heavenly-minded. Does he not? Yeah. Tongues is also means by which you turn yourself over to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do all these wonderful, glorious things in our life, but we need to be in his hands for him to be able to, to do the interceding and to do the helping and to do the reminding and do this and to do that. 
he tongues opens up uh, is a means by which you place yourself in his hands so that he can do what he has been sent by the Father and Jesus to do. Tongues is also means by which you are able to fellowship and commune with God, your heavenly Father, without the limitations of your natural mind, where you can you can now um, you can now hang out and spend time with with with, with, with this God. Uh, 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 your father that loves you so much and you're able to connect with him at, at, at a level that is beyond um, as he said his, his mind is beyond human scrutiny right? you're able to connect with him on that level he that speaketh the unknown tongue speaketh to God albeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries no man understands him but he's able to operate in that arena okay tongues is also the means by which you are able of this is so so important the Bible speaks in so many verses of Scripture about waiting on the Lord. I've said before, waiting on the Lord is not just sitting there. Go check out the Greek concordance, right? The Greek, which one? The Old Testament one, right? Go check it out. And the word wait has to do with being twisted together. Amen? Which is to say, when you're waiting on the Lord, it's not just you there, but and in tongues, you are twisting yourself together with the Holy Ghost. And he's the one that's teaching you to do this. And, you're, and there you are, waiting on the Lord. You're in faith, you're in hope, you're in love. And they that wait upon the Lord, what happens? They renew their strength, they mount up with wings as eagles. They can run and not be weary. They are refreshed. They are renewed by the presence of God and all these wonderful things that happen. And the Bible says that in that place of waiting on the Lord, that is where he will show you the things that are freely given to you. He's where he will reveal to you some of those many, many, many spiritual blessings whereby you are blessed. Some of those things that God had for you from before the foundation of the world, etc., etc. Um, this, um, Psalms 27 verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, you mount up with wings as eagles. Personally, I, 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 this is just a statement. I believe that tongues is, but when a believer's tongue is in the hands of the Holy Spirit, Listen to this statement. When a believer's tongue is in the hands of the Holy Spirit, the heavens over your life can open. You can have an open heaven over your life, over your family, over areas of influence, and I believe even to the point where nations can be opened up to the Spirit of God. If God could get enough of his believer's tongue to be in his hand and in his control, so to speak. All right? Now, let me quickly give you some practices and keys, and some of those things I was mentioning are some of the things you do. But let me put it a little bit differently, so to speak. Some keys and some practices and keys to develop tongues on your, as your default setting. And I'm basing it on a couple of scriptures. Psalms 70 verse 4 says, Let all that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. And let such as love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. They that love salvation and deliverance and prosperity and wholeness and peace and joy, let them say continually, let God be magnified. Do you believe when you're speaking in tongues, you're magnifying God? Yes. Amen. Right? And actually connected up with awaiting also has to do with exalting God. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 30 verse 18 that God says, I am waiting for those that will wait on me and exalt me so that I can be gracious to them. 
is that God says, man, I just want to be so gracious. I want to bless. I want to do these things. But I'm, I'm waiting for somebody that will just wait on me. And tongues put you in that place. That's wonderful. All right. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. This is what we're talking about. You got to do this stuff. First Timothy 4 verse 7, exercise yourself unto godliness. Train yourself towards godliness, the manifestation of the God life. Keeping yourself spiritually fit. That's what it exercises, okay? All right, here's a couple of things. Number one, develop a lifestyle of being continually filled. And we did some teaching on that some time ago. But, you know, it says, do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit, ultimately, you got to remember, the whole objective is for you to be consumed with Christ and for you to, for the very life and the fullness of the life to be made manifest in your physical body and in your life. That's the objective. Amen? So when you think about being filled, you also got to think about not leaking. Alright? Like for instance, when you don't give God glory, and when you are not thankful, when you are resentful, when you are bitter, when you are unforgiving, when you operate in those things, you will drain. I mean, I mean, it might get filled up, but leaks out. Bam! Right? And then it leaks out and makes a mess everywhere. <laughs> and then you gotta clean that stuff up. <laughs> right? Alright, so... <laughs> so develop a lifestyle of being continually filled I'm hung on to us after righteousness and so on you should be filled number two obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit now there's two sides to this number one side is the call to prayer there are times where the Lord is prompting you to pray right obey that you never know what's on the other side you don't know if you might walk smack into a burning bush experience that would change your life or somebody else's life forever. You don't know that. Sure. But when you take them and turn aside, God might speak. Mm -hmm. Amen? When God saw that Moses turned aside, God spoke. Take off your shoes. It's holy ground. But obey those promptings. I mean, you don't know whose life might be on the line or what it is. Learn to obey the prompting and the call to prayer. 1 Peter 4 verse 7 says, Be sober, watch unto prayer. Which is to say, keep a sung mind, be, 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 you know, have a sung mind, and be alert for the practice or the business of prayer. In other words, prayer is a business. And God is in charge. And sometimes he needs to get some business done. And so he calls you to pray. And so, so I mean, if you don't do it, then this business isn't get, doesn't get done. You know, and next you got to go find somebody else. And, and, and I mean, the packages don't get delivered on time. All right? And folks don't like that. <laughs> Are you with me? So it's a business. You got to see that's important. So there is a call to prayer in that sense, prompt, be, uh, obeying the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And when you learn to do that, it will also cause you to operate, uh, uh, to be more spiritually alert and sensitive and so on and so forth. And that's important. Amen? Um. The next aspect of, of, of obeying the prompting is this one. And it's simply this. The Holy Spirit brings things to your remembrance. The reminders that will come from the Holy Spirit. Reminding you about maybe some commitments that you made that you need to take action on. And like I said before, when those reminders come, 
Act on it in the moment. Act on it in the moment. You know, I mean, I mean, there was, for instance, okay, I'll give you a simple example. This is not a big, big spiritual thing, but this morning before I left, this morning before we go to church, I took a load of laundry and I put it in the washer. Okay, when we went home during the break at lunch, I come, I come on, remember, I know, that was the prompting, put it in the dryer. I thought, ah, I'll do it later. <laughs> and you know what's happening? It's when I'm driving down the QEW and I'm I didn't put it in the dryer. You see, do it in the moment, okay? <laughs> okay. Road wage. Road wage. Just, just think, suppose you had a road wage problem. Christians? 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 Yeah. Do that? Yeah. Road wage, you got to tell those Christians, put your hand in your pocket. <laughs> and then you shouldn't be doing you put your hand in your pocket when you're driving anyway. So now you're in bigger trouble. Now you're causing an accident. But um, let's, say, let's say you had a road wage problem. It could be a conflict. And, 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 and God, obviously God wants you to change that. He wants you to bless those people. He don't want you to damn them. Right? right? He, and, and, and he wants... He also wants you to rule your emotions and so on. So in the moment, so but you could talk to God about it. But in the moment when the road road wage incident takes place, that is when you have to practice it. If this that's what I mean about in the moment, okay? That's when your habits are formed. All right, number three or number four, which, the other well, take time to praise and worship God and sing in tongues. Now many of us develop. Many of us will pray in tongues, and we will do that in our own time. We will do that in the car, and we will do some of that stuff. But many of us, on the other hand, believers that have the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, do not spend time by themselves singing in tongues. And the Bible says, I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing in my understanding also. And it even explains what it is you're doing when you're singing. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So they don't develop that. And by not developing that, they're leaving out an area of fellowship and worship and communion with the Creator, with, the, with this awesome God that is a consuming fire whose presence uh, could melt the wax and, and, and destroy the mountains in your life. You follow me? They're denying him the opportunity to do so, and they are denying themselves the benefit of, uh, and this is what he, don't forget, this is what he was really after to start with. He was after you. It's you that he wants. Right? And as I said, tongues get you to present yourself to him, but, and singing in tongues, whatever the case is, right? doing that, but not doing it here, but doing it in your own private closet. It is very important. And to, and to just go right alongside with that, and here's an, here is, let me give you the scripture, okay? Um, um, Proverbs 15, 15. And, and together with that is also learning to hum. 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 You know what I mean? Like there might be a song. Give me a song. About a cross, maybe. Um, Come on, hum on your breath. Just hum that song on your breath. Thank you for the cross. 
Mm, this helmet even. How do you feel? Do you feel miserable? No. Huh? Do you feel angry? No. <laughs> you seem to think that it affects you. Alright? And that's just humming, much less singing in tongues. Now, Proverbs chapter 15, you know, I mean, now don't hum if, if it's irritating to the person next to you. Right? You know what I mean? I mean, you, you know, <laughs> person trying to go to sleep, are you there humming all night? <laughs> like, God, do something with this woman. <laughs> all right, Proverbs 15, verse 15 says, the last part, the last part says, a merry heart had a continual face. The Amplified says, he who has a glad heart has a continual feast. Continual feast regardless of circumstances. Remember? Rejoice evermore. How do you do that? In everything give thanks. Right? Not for, but in everything give thanks. Rejoice evermore. The person that has a glad heart has a continual Feast regardless of circumstances. Tongues can produce that for you. You give thanks well. But look at the first part of the verse. All the days of the afflicted are evil. The Amplified says all the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. You know what foreboding is? A foreboding thought? Where you're there and you're just imagining some bad thing happening. I stumped my foot again. or not. I was, That wouldn't be that bad, but where people where there's this sense of evil and bad things happening and, 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 and you know and it weighs you down. Now, if that is a call to prayer, by all means pray. But there are many times it's not a call to prayer. It is just mental strongholds and imaginations that you've yielded to over a period of time and, 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 and you become susceptible in that area. And that thing is very bad. It opens up the door to evil. It opens up the door. Job said, "That which I fear has come upon me." All right, and there's some very, there's some very well since I'm on it. For instance, uh, which one? Oh, that was um, Proverbs 15:15. I think the other ones, 15:15. Yeah. In fact, it's very. I don't want to get off there, but for instance, Proverbs 15:13 says, "A merry heart make it a cheerful countenance." And, and, and so on and so forth. But let me just get off there. Listen to this though. Proverbs chapter 10 verse, verse uh, 24. The fear of the wicked. It shall come upon him. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Amplified. The thing a wicked man fears. Shall come upon him. Instead of releasing faith. He's operating in a fear. That can give that stuff substance. So you got to be very careful. With foreboding thoughts. And thought patterns. That are negative. Right? That's what happened to Job. That's what happened to Job. Job 3, 25. Right? So you've got to be very careful with that. I'm not saying that there aren't times when God is trying to tell you, hey, I need you to pray. The reward of the wicked. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. And number four, believe God for interpretation. Believe God for interpretation. Um, when we were praising and worshiping here, and, um, and Matilda began to, begin to sing in the spirit, they call it free worshiping, and she had a certain melody. And after she finished that, she went and she was singing a very similar melody in, 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 in English. All right? 
there's a very there's a possibility that the English that she sang after that, right? God is looking for for, for people whose hearts are days and that that could very well have been the interpretation of what she wrote in Gandaya, and there are unbelievers around or unlearned that we are to tell them, okay, um, you know, this is what you hear there is a language of the spirit, and this is interpretation. Right? And, and I said, we got to walk in wisdom and those things, and, and God is helping us. But um, why did I say all of that? Oh, I was saying the fact that the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, pray that you might interpret. And I know sometimes we think of, in other words, a tongue comes up in the church, and people say, people pray that somebody will give the interpretation. <laughs> It didn't say pray that somebody would give an interpretation. It says pray that you would interpret. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. It's, it's there. First Corinthians 14, 13. And then from there, then it goes on to say, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in my understanding also. Because I'll pray in the spirit and so that my understanding doesn't remain unfruitful, I will pray with my understanding also. Which means what? That's the interpretation of what I prayed in the spirit. And then it says, I will sing in the spirit, and I will sing with my understanding also. Amen? But believe God for interpretation. However, if you don't get an interpretation at the very moment that you pray in tongues, don't worry about it. Right? Some, I don't want to put yardsticks out there so off you would or wouldn't. Right? Believe God. But don't worry about it if you don't get an interpretation right then, because sometimes it will come later. And you may not even recognize when it comes later that that's the interpretation of what you prayed earlier. Yeah. But what happens is you find yourself functioning in the spirit a lot more frequently. I believe that's what happened when Paul spent all that time praying in tongues. And then when he was trying to go to sleep or trying to do something else, here comes this stuff bubbling up. And next thing you know, we have a holy epistle. It was the interpreting of what he was praying for the last couple of days. Are you with me? I, I, I believe there's a lot of messages that come that come that way. Okay. So pray, pray that you might believe for interpretation. Recognize the shifts as you pray. This is so very important. When you're praying in tongues, sometimes... At first, you're just building yourself up, fellowshipping with God. It's just your regular tongue, um, your own personal devotional tongue. And all of a sudden, there's a change and there's a shift and there's an anointing and there's a strength and there's a power that comes on it. That's because it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost, 1 John 2.20, 1 John 2.27, that comes. And when that comes, you want that. Because that is what will shift you from just praying for yourself, edifying yourself, and, um, and so on, and shifts you into intercession and into a more uh, uh, intercession that can be for someone else or some situation or could be for something in your own life. And so you want that part because that's where the re a lot of the results come from. And that is where you could end up going over into the area of travail and some of these other things. You follow me? But you got to get over there. Because you can't go over into travail by yourself. You can't go there by yourself. If you go there by yourself, it's flesh. The Holy Ghost has to take you there. And it begins when that anointing shifts. And you don't know when it's going to go that far. But you be alert to that and you be aware and sensitive to when that shift comes. And that's when you want to just go with it. Right? That's where you want to just go a little further, etc., etc. Recognize the anointing. Also, too, whenever possible, you'd like to stay with it 
until that anointing lifts or the burden lifts or there's just a note of praise and victory and thanks. Like even when um, Matilda was singing here and, and, and so on, there was a point in the singing where you could almost hear it come to an issue of thank you, praise you, Jesus. And you could almost feel the end of that episode. All right? Okay? I'm not saying a new one can't start, but, but be sensitive to that kind of stuff. Okay? One of the things that I haven't really did that you must all that you really must purposefully develop is learning to listen. Learning to listen. Learning to listen to your spirit when you pray. Whether it be a studying, whether it be meditating, you've got to develop, you know, I mean listening. Right? Listening to your spirit. Okay? Now, here is the final one, and this is all of that is about this. Right? Right? Leave the best for the last. And, and it's very practical. Romans chapter 8, 26 says, The Holy Spirit um, help us with groanings which cannot be uttered um, in articulate speech, and he that searches the hearts knows what is the man of the Spirit, and he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit will pray through you to get a hold of the will of God, whether it be the will of God for you, the will of God for a situation, the will of God for a person, the will of God for aspect of your life. He will work with you to get that. Amen? And because of that, and he can do it because he knows everything. He knows everything about everything and about God and about everything and everything. He just knows everything. <laughs> he can do this. That's it. Right? If there's a problem in your life, he knows the answer. He knows about a problem and he knows the solution. He knows where to get what. Okay. Here's what you do. You decide you're going to pray on a subject. Right? This is where you do the focusing kind. Right? And this is really what will really develop you to, the, to, to where um, praying in tongues is your um, default setting. You decide you're going to pray about Bernadette. Right? And I can only pray about Bernadette to a certain degree with my limited understanding. And I can do that. Or I can just say, uh, and I can do that and it's okay to do that. But it's also okay, now don't forget, all of it, faith, love, and hope is always there. So this stuff about tongues being in a vacuum, and it is, it's not true. Faith is involved in tongues. All right? All right? Faith is involved. So I'm praying for Bernadette, and I literally, um, I'm literally saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you my tongue. Help me to pray for Bernadette according to your will, you know, and so on and so forth, so that you could find a will for her or whatever it is. You know, and I give you my tongue. Now, I always say when you say, I give you my tongue, Remember that you're not just giving him your tongue. It is your tongue is going to be the instrument, but you're literally yielding yourself. And I say that because there are some other things, and I, I didn't mention this before, but it comes up now, so I'm going to mention it, right? There's sometimes other things involved, especially in the realm of prayer, where we see in the Bible people coming to kneel and, and doing this and doing that. I'm not saying for you to get weird, but the Bible speaks about um, something arms. I'm not saying that when we stop praying in tongues, we get to go, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you do anything like that. <laughs> but there is a scripture about that. I think it's in Isaiah 32 something. I could find it. Right? I could find it. Uh, seriously. But I'm not saying you do that. But you give yourself. Because you see, in the giving of yourself, it's, it is my tongue, but that might lead me to some groanings, to some inter intercessory stuff where there is travail and where there might be some physical discomfort. For a time, not forever. Okay? And if there is, there's going to be proof in the pudding, in the eating, what comes out of it. 
So you don't have to get funny and weird. But the point of the matter is... 30-32. Right. All right. Okay. There is a 32 in there. <laughs> okay. But anyway, seriously. Um, so, you, so I say, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you my tongue so that I can pray for Bernadette. And as I'm praying for Bernadette, I keep her in focus. Because as I keep her in focus, it's tough. Because otherwise, if I don't do that, and especially when you're learning... Then you begin to pray in tongues, and your mind wanders off, and before you stop praying, you don't even know. And you pray just a little while, and you stop praying, and you don't even realize, and you didn't, you know, didn't get much done. But by keeping that person focused, the subject or whatever it is, and praying with some degree of intensity, right? And you do that, and then you, and you, all the time you're listening, you might get some stuff that is practical. Now it could be you could be praying about a person. You could be praying about a family member. You could be praying about the church. Remember, you, hopefully you're praying for me sometime. <laughs> you know, you could be praying about a situation. You could be praying about a, a, a struggle in your life, an area in your life that is just not working or that needs to be fixed or an issue, whatever the case is. Right? And again, as I said, you pray and you look for that shift. You stay with it sometimes. You do have to go and turn off the pot before you burn everything. Burn the whole house down, right? And sometimes you do have to go to work. You do have to do something else. Fine, pick it up the next day. You could, you could, in other words, especially if there's something in your life that needs fixing. Well, Holy Spirit, you know, we've talked about this, and this got, this thing got to go. help me, go back and they pray about it. Pick it up another time. Pick it up another time. Pick it up another time. Pray for a person that 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 needs to be delivered, need to be set free, need to be born again. Right? Lift them up. Ask the Holy Ghost to pray, and then you go with it. Right? And there's just and there's a, there's a, there's a number of things, people, situations, etc., etc., that we need to be praying about. So there will not be a shortage of stuff. But what happens is when you finish that, and and that's all done, and then next thing you go about your business without realizing it, you just there, oh, no, no, mashallah, and you find yourself praying in tongues. When you develop these things, next thing you just find yourself praying in tongues without even trying without even making a conscious decision that I'm going to pray in tongues this moment. And that's when it eventually, that's why I say, you're not going to get here just because you decide you want to. It's not going to become your default setting just because you, I got the message and I, I have the bumper sticker. Right? It's going to get here because of the practices and the exercises and you doing it every time you have a reason to and, 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 and so on and so forth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You got to stop somewhere. So let's stop right there. Okay? Okay, and this is available here, stuff online, but take, get some stuff and do this here. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Blessed be.